Hi guys, another week, another podcast. This week has been pretty epic, seeing everybody's posts on Instagram and Twitter, talking about World Mental Health Awareness Day. It's really important that we keep talking about mental health and how we can share each other's stories to really start to break down barriers and make sure that everybody knows that it's okay to struggle sometimes. But to the podcast. This week, I'm joined by Amy Rushworth, a leading transformation and confidence coach. We are going to chat all about finding inner confidence, following your dreams, and how to deal with imposter syndrome. It's a really interesting chat, so I think you're going to love it. Don't forget to follow the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Follow me on Instagram at Healthy Balance with Emily and the podcast at Tribe Talk Podcast. And if you've got any emails with questions, send them over to hello at healthybalancewithemily.com. But enough chat, let's get into it. This week I have Amy Rushworth. Hello. Hi, thanks so much for having me. You're more than welcome. How are you doing? I'm good. I got a little bit of a cold, so hopefully I don't have a coughing fit in the middle of this uh, <laughs> amazing episode, but I'll do my best. That's fine. That's what editing's for. Yeah, we're all good. Totally. <laughs> so yeah. where where are you from before we start? I'm originally from Australia. I live mm-hmm. in London. Um to know what's going on with my accent these days. The Aussies think I sound English, the English think I sound Aussie. No one can really tell, but yeah, I'm I'm an Aussie. Whereabouts in Australia are you from re- originally? I grew up in Perth. I lived uh, six years in Sydney from 19 to 25. So as you can imagine, kind of formative years in a mm-hmm. woman's journey. So kind of from all over. I was in Sydney briefly when I was 18 because I went on a gap year there. And it was at the point where I'd just done a, a like I basically just hitchhiked from uh, Early Beach down to Sydney and uh, I had zero money whatsoever. And so I just spent my days just walking around Sydney. I probably looked like a complete homeless person, um, <laughs> just wandering around the streets of Sydney and staring at all the amazing sushi that they had there. Um, but yeah, that's my only memories of Sydney. So I can't give you any cultural uh, <laughs> insights there. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, um, I'm sure we'll get into this in this conversation, but my past was very different to the life that I have now. So I don't remember too much about my life in Sydney either, if I'm being fully honest. There was a lot of partying. It was back when King's Cross was, you know, the place to be. It was this crazy, you know, nightlife area. And now it's not really even there anymore. But uh, yeah, I had a, a good crack at uh going out being wild uh in my former life as I call it (laughs) so tell us a little bit about uh so who you are what you do um and yeah kind of touch on a little bit of the work that you've you do 
Awesome. Yeah. So in absolute contrast to what I just shared with you, I am now a transformation coach and a confidence mentor. I do healing. I do coaching. I have online programs. I run retreats. I have my own podcast, The Amy Rushworth Show. And essentially what my mission is, is helping people to ignite what I call their inner fire. So transforming their confidence, aligning with what's important to them and really blazing forward on the path that they design from a place of feeling secure, a place of knowing who they are. Whereas when we normally kind of forge our path forward, we can come from fears and insecurities and past wounding if we haven't done any personal development. So I help people to really get aligned with their most confident self so that they can create the life that they really desire. Wow. And and how did you get into that? Because it's such a niche. Well, I mean, I always tell people and you don't always believe it until you live it, but everything that happens to you happens for a reason and is giving you some sort of strength or it's helping you to embody something that you need to know or that you need to learn later in your life. So for me, my former life that I mentioned being a wild party girl, um, it sounds fun, but I wasn't having that much fun really. I was very mentally ill. I have a personality type where I'm very smiley and very happy on the outside, but I never truly felt that way on the inside. It was a bit of a mask that I used to wear. And I was in denial about that as well myself. So for a long time, over a decade, I was struggling with PTSD, but I wasn't diagnosed, so I didn't know. So I was doing a lot of binge drinking from the age of 13 onwards, smoking, taking drugs. It just kind of started escalating over the years. And I was in a lot of toxic behaviors and addictive behaviors, self-destructive patterns. And... I was also a high achiever, so I had this kind of contrast in me where I was ticking boxes on the outside so I could kind of get away with it without anyone questioning the path that I was on. But I was really struggling and I got to this kind of point in my life where I couldn't go on the way that I was going. Um, my behaviours were manifesting in very physical symptoms at that point, so a lot of panic attacks Um, My personal life was in a complete shambles. My health was really bad. Um, And I ended up bedridden for about a month with pneumonia. And that was a real wake up call for me in that time because I didn't have any sort of real friends to bring me medicine or to take me to the doctor. I was really, really ill. And um, I really just thought this isn't the way that I want to continue living my life. And I'm responsible for this. Like every choice I've made has led me here. It's not anyone else's fault. And so I had one of those moments that I describe now as like the darkness where that inner fire ignites again, where I was like, okay, do you know what? The only way's up now. This is rock bottom for me. And um, from there, you know, I got into therapy. I got a proper clinical diagnosis for what I was going through PTSD. Uh, It turns out I had a lot of repressed trauma that later came up and I worked through. um, And from there, I slowly started to piece my life back together. And, um, you know, you can study to be a coach. There are a lot of life coaches in the world now, which is, you know, amazing. You can study the trainings, you can use the tools, but really the school of life, my life experiences is what inspires and empowers me to create the transformations for other people now. And it really gives me not only knowledge of how to help them heal, but 
you know, empowered, compassionate, authentic knowledge of how to hold space for people who are going through that crisis because I know what it feels like to live both ways. I've got that polarity. I've been through that fire myself, you know. So I help people to rise up in powerful ways uh, and I love to do it because I feel like I am the person that I didn't have at the time. I had to figure out a lot of this stuff on my own. Um, so, yeah, that's that's why I do what I do. That's what inspires me. That's why I feel like I'm really good at what I do, you know. Like I, I give people epic transformations, you know. People don't come to me to set a couple of goals. They change their whole life. They start a business. They leave a relationship. They start a new one. They, you know, completely heal their relationship with food or their family. Like I'm in the game of big transformations and that's because I've done it myself. I absolutely love that. There's so, so much of what you just said that I can completely and utterly relate to. It's crazy. Um, and so much to dig into, I guess. Um, so when we talk about confidence, a lot of the time uh, we we have it as this kind of n- overarching goal. Um, and a lot of the time you, you hear, especially things like diet adverts, they um they they talk about you know oh i've lost this much weight and suddenly i'm so confident and or you know i got this job and suddenly i'm so confident but and it see, seems like a lot of people sell confidence through um means that are very material and they're not you know then they're, they're out they're outer they're not they're not inside somebody so how would you describe confidence it, would you would you describe confidence as a real tangible thing or is it something a little bit more subtle? Confidence is an inside job because we're talking about a feeling that we want to feel. So that's not to say that when we feel confident, when we love ourselves and we accept ourselves and respect ourselves, that we don't ever set goals that are external things. And often our goals come from our ego. You know, we want that thing because it's going to, you know, make us feel really good. But when we want something, it's because we want the way that it's going to make us feel. So, you know, if we want a partner or if we think we're going to be confident when we get a partner, that's because we want to feel intimacy. We want to feel security. We want to feel safe. So confidence itself is an internal feeling. That's not to say we can't do things externally that help us, I guess, enhance our confidence but it isn't the be all and end all, like ticking boxes on the outside. So for instance, you might feel really confident if you dress in a certain way. I know for me that when I dress in really feminine prints and beautiful dresses and I put makeup on, like that makes me feel really confident. That makes me feel like I'm put together. It makes me feel like um, I'm, you know, about to slay my day, whatever it is. But I'm also confident to stand in public without any makeup on. Do you know what I mean? Like the outside doesn't create the inside, but it can enhance existing feelings on the inside. And confidence is internal because it's an energy. So the same way that all emotions are energy, you know, as they say, uh, emotions are energy in motion, confidence is just an energy that we embody on the inside and that allows us to express powerfully on the outside. So when you have inner confidence, the goals that you have on the outside may also shift drastically. 
So if I didn't have confidence, for instance, but I was running a business um, as a coach, I would always be looking at what's going to look good to everyone else. What's going to make me feel confident from the outside perspective. So maybe I might be focused on building my social media numbers up. Maybe I might be buying followers or something, you know, and instead of, uh, sending that energy towards things that are going to make a massive difference for people, adding value, contributing, which are really the things that actually make you feel confident is adding value, being in alignment with the things that you value in life. Um, and so a big part of what I teach people is how to create that inner alignment in my online confidence Academy. It's called the make your magic Academy. We focus really heavily on creating a vision that is aligned with not specific outside goals per se, but aligned with what are your top 10 values and let's do an inventory of where those values show up in your life. What do you spend your money on? What do you spend your time on? What do you spend your emotional headspace on? You know, what do you give your energy to every day? And a lot of the time people who have low confidence realize that their energy goes towards pleasing other people or looking good on the outside or avoiding looking bad, avoiding being judged. Whereas all of the things that they truly care about don't get as much energy or as much time. So when we create these internal shifts, the external action shift, and then we get confidence on the outside and the inside. So it isn't just inside or outside, but it starts from the inside and then it sort of gets expressed on the outside, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's sounds a bit like if you build a house you know you, you need that foundations you need the concrete you need the I'm not a builder I've got no idea but, you know <laughs> you need all those parts and then Absolutely. you can decorate it and you can make it look great you know it, that that kind of when when you were saying that I was like building this confidence house in my head um yeah I love that I think that that's what I aim to do I give people the foundational tools so that they can build a life that they love. But what your life or what your dream life is going to look like is going to look different to my life or to somebody else's life. And one of the things that we do when we have low confidence is we tend to compare ourselves. And again, it's sending the energy and the focus away from what you want to create and sort of taking it and putting it onto what someone else is doing over there. So when we build the foundation and we really just focus on like what life do I want to build and who do I want to become now in every single moment forward. And from there you, you build so much confidence and external stuff can fall away at any time because life's uncertain. I mean, you could build the business of your dreams and something goes wrong in the economy and you know, it fails or you could have an amazing relationship that ticks all the boxes and then for whatever reason that person, uh, you lose them or they leave you. You could have, you know, everything sorted out externally, but all of those things are going to be uncertain in some way. But what is always certain is the foundation of who you are. And that's the thing that we ignore all the time when we're just trying to go through life and tick boxes and do all the things that we thought we should do to be happy. Um, but I think this is why a lot of people are kind of waking up, you know, mid-20s or, you know, around the 30th birthday is a really big one for a lot of people after a breakup. And they come to me and say, Amy, my life is nothing like I thought it would be. 
And it's just because the focus needs to shift. It's just because, you know, they went through life, they did what they thought they needed to do and it wasn't quite right and it wasn't quite in alignment with the person that they wanted to be. So I just help people to shift that needle so they can really create what they want. It sounds amazing. So, I mean, how... I'm not asking you to give away all your secrets, but how do we start to find our confidence? Like, is it a lot of people say, you know, fake it till you make it? Is that something that, you know, would work in your eyes or is it not? I hate that saying. (laughs) I hate that saying. I sort of flip that on its head and say, face it till you make it, right? The reason that we might have low confidence is usually because we've been faking something. So where there is inauthenticity, there won't be certainty for you, right? So anyone who's listening, if you've ever like told a fib or told a lie and then you have to keep up with this story, right? It's very draining to do that and you feel like, ah, you don't feel confident in what you're saying. And that's what happens on a really subtle level when we're being inauthentic in our life. So There are some situations where you are going to have to show up and face your fear and not fake it till you make it, but just face it, face your fear, you know, show up to that talk that you're really nervous to deliver because you know that it's going to give you a really good feeling when you finish it, or you know that it's going to help you to succeed or to get that next step forward in your business. For other people, it's going to be like, you know, showing up to a conversation that's vulnerable, that they're scared to have, but they know that their higher self, the wiser part of them knows they need to have that conversation. So I would kind of flip that quote on its head and say, face it till you make it. And when I say it, I mean your fears. So when we face our fears, we take away their power and we take some of that power back. And ultimately the the whole premise behind what confidence is is just knowing who we are and trusting in ourselves to figure things out that you know life throws at us it's not being perfect it's not that you're never going to make a mistake again it's not that people won't ever judge you all of those things are going to happen but confidence is just knowing that you can show up face whatever happens face whatever is going on in life and figure things out and you know yourself to be someone who is a figure outer and um, in terms of uh, yeah I guess in terms of faking it I don't like the word because what I'm trying to do is get people to be really honest and really self-aware with themselves about you know where are you faking it in life often when we are people pleasing we're faking it we're saying yes to people when we want to say no which creates a disconnection it creates resentment sometimes it also creates a lack of self-trust because we put everyone else before ourselves and what we want so we definitely avoid any advice that a lot of confidence coaches give around faking it till you make it although well-meaning um the the key is really getting really honest you know and showing up and facing the things that you don't want to face because once you do you have power over those things. Once you face the things that are the scariest things in your life or the hardest things or the things that you really don't want to look at, that's when you can create some awareness. And with that awareness, you can do something with that rather than just ignoring it and letting it kind of fester away in the background, subconsciously ruling your life. So do you disagree with the whole, quite often you'll hear somebody say, 
um, oh, I've got to go to this this event tonight and I'm really nervous about being around lots of people. Um, and peop- And a lot of people would say, just, you know, just pretend that you're good around people. Just act confident. Um, and then it, you'll soon forget that you were nervous in the first place. So do you, do you kind of disagree with that, that form of attack in terms of confidence? Well, I think there's, there's a few different sides to this, right? So there's a quote that I hear often that says, you know, act confident and no one will question you. I would say that that's true. That's definitely true. But I would then ask you, secondary to that, do you only care about what people think of you in terms of like you want people to think you're confident or do you want to actually feel confident and in both cases you might be showing up to that event even if you have say social anxiety or you're feeling nervous but on my kind of side of the fence what I'm teaching people to do is how to show up in the face of that fear move through it and really honor whatever they feel in that situation situation and then figure out like why do I feel nervous in this situation and what do I need to do to push through that and to create what I want if if there's something that I want from that situation and figuring out whether that fear comes from a past experience and a past story or whether you're just a more introverted person in which case like if you're a super introverted person you don't have to be going to events all the time and talking to people to be confident. You can be confident and be the most quiet, introverted person in the room. And I do think sometimes, you know, when we slap these big stickers on what confidence is, it's very distressing for people who are introverted personalities because they think they have to change who they are. or They have to be more extroverted to be confident. And that's not true. It's very draining for an introvert to do that. Confidence is just being confident in who you are and leveraging who you are. And figuring out really honestly whether there are things that you're scared of that if you moved through them and if you worked, you know, with a coach or you became more aware around how you could handle those things um, and in a way that's going to positively benefit you and bring you closer to the things that you desire and closer to the person that you want to be, then I think like that's kind of my spin on it, I guess. Um, and I don't want to knock anyone, you know, cause everyone who's putting advice out there about confidence genuinely wants to help people. Of course, um, this is just my view and, you know, I've helped over 800 women to do this. So, um, yeah, I know that it works for <laughs> my clients at least. Yeah, no, I think it's a really interesting take on it. Um, and I think because it's different to what you would normally hear, that's, that's kind of why it's so intriguing because it isn't, you know, the, the slogans that you see on the side of, I don't know, bottles, water bottles and, you know, Pinterest boards and things like that. So it is really interesting. Um, I was talking to one of my friends actually the other day and we both come from a kind of performing arts background, acting background. Um, and she's very, very successful. And we were talking about kind of success and, and how other people can look at your life and think that, you know, oh, she, they, she's got that down or, or he's got that down. You know, they've, they've got it sorted and they must be really uh, happy and confident and strong. Um, but we both kind of were talking about how we've 
been affected with imposter syndrome. You know, we're, we're waiting for that moment where somebody opens the door and shines a light and goes, you don't know what you're talking about, or, you know, you don't know what you're doing. And, and the more I've kind of spoken to friends and, and people that I know about this kind of imposter syndrome, the more it comes up. And I think, I think confidence is probably quite a big factor in that. And so how, how would you, how would you stop imposter syndrome from stopping us in our tracks and stopping us from moving forward? Yeah. First of all, for anyone who's experiencing that or has, you should know it's really normal. Like I still experience that and I'm a confidence coach. So, you know, don't beat yourself up about it or think that you're failing if you're on a journey of personal development and you're still experiencing that. You may be setting amazingly expansive, huge goals and that's why that's showing up because what it is, it's just a fear of not being enough. It's a fear of not being enough, which is essentially the fear of not being loved, right? Because what is enough? If I ask you what enough is, no one can actually give me a clear measurement of that. They'll just give me adjectives or random kind of terms about what enough might mean. Skinny enough, smart enough, successful enough, rich enough, whatever it is for you. Sometimes it's all of the things. So imposter syndrome is most common amongst high achieving successful women. And women definitely experience this more than men according to the statistics and even when I read the statistics I think it's probably even higher than what the statistics say and I do think that that is a very kind of deeply ingrained problem that has been handed down for many generations because you know for a long time we've lived in a more of a patriarchal society women have been slowly becoming more and more empowered but we're still getting used to using that empowered voice we're still getting used to stepping into uh, being successful um, having a career having a life where we get to choose exactly what we want to create and having a life by our own design and so it can take some getting used to and sometimes there's a bit of ancestral fear that is handed down in your subconscious and in your kind of um, matrix of your, your subconscious mind. So it's giving yourself permission to feel that fear but to do the things that you want to do and, you know, talk to people about it as well. Talk to your girlfriends about it and be vulnerable because when, when we share things, it helps to take some of that heaviness away. And, you know, when you feel like an imposter, and I know for me, this is how I feel when it comes up, you can feel like it's this dark little secret that you've got to conceal and you can't tell anyone about it. But, you know, some of my friends are some of the most successful people you'll see on the internet. They're absolutely killing it, but they never see themselves the way that everyone else sees them. And that's because you can tick boxes, but these these things are internal things. These, these are internal fears that show up. So in order to move through it, like acknowledge the voice and almost label it, label it as a fear of your inner child. Picture yourself as a young child who fears that they're not good enough, who fears that they won't be loved and has created this story about, you know, not being found out and comfort that part of yourself and just be kind to yourself in that moment. But at the same time, recognize that that voice isn't necessarily the truth. And 
it's just an old story, an old belief system that's there. And the best thing we can do to create new beliefs is to, you know, literally forge a new story. So create a new action. If you have a pattern of feeling that and then wanting to hide away or self-sabotaging, for instance, ask yourself, like, what's the opposite of this behavior? What's the unfamiliar way to show up in this situation? And sometimes it's to just share it. I've given talks before where I felt really nervous. So the first thing that I'll do is tell the audience I'm feeling a little bit nervous, even though I'm about to tell them about confidence. And the inner critic in me or the person who wants to conceal the fact that I feel like an imposter in that situation would want me to fake it. It would want me to not say anything. But as soon as you share it, people see the humanity in you, which makes them like you more anyway and, you know, judge you less. And then you're able to move quicker through that shame and through that fear and then show up as your best self. So those would be my tips, especially for those of you who are listening who might be you know, in business or in a similar business to mine, or maybe you notice that imposter syndrome shows up at work. For a lot of women, that's where it shows up. So that, those would be my recommendations. I love that. Um, how do you, because when you, when you were talking, everything that you said makes sense. Um, and it kind of sprung a question in my head and you talk about confidence and you've got this incredible business where you help other women to become more confident and empower them and kind of manifesting their dream life and and everything like that you must get some people who are kind of critical of that and it will make sense when i tell this the similar experience but i was once a couple of years ago talking about um mental health awareness week and talking about eating disorders and how it was important for us to kind of talk to each other about how we felt and about how we feel about our bodies and things like that and I had this one comment from of course it was like one comment in the midst of all the other supportive comments you pick out the negative day um saying oh all this coming from a young white skinny girl and that made me feel like oh maybe I don't have the right to talk about this because of the way I look or the way that my life looks and I just wonder do you ever have that do you ever have have that experience where somebody will look at you or look at your life and and judge it for its face value and not bother to understand your past not bother to kind of see where you've come from and their their kind of knee-jerk reaction to what you do and and what you portray and if you have had that, like, how do you deal with that? What, what are your, that's probably a really deep question, but it yeah. just kind of popped up. It's a good question. I mean, I remember when I was just starting my business and I was investing some money in Facebook marketing. And at the time that was a lot of money for me to be investing. And I wasn't trying to sell anything. I was literally spending the money to put out motivational videos to get to a wider audience. So in my head, I was putting this money behind videos that I thought were going to help people. And I had a couple of negative comments from people commenting on my appearance. And I do think that probably there are some people who might unfollow me. They definitely probably look at me and think, well, look at you, you know, 
you're pretty white girl. Like I'm, I'll tell you right now, I'm pretty glamorous. Like I love like glamour and I love makeup and I love, you know, nice things. Um, but I, I mean, I've worked really hard to create that life, but there definitely are people who probably look at me and say, well, of course you're confident or of course you can talk about that. Like, of course you're privileged so you can manifest things. And it's definitely something that's in the back of my mind when I'm creating uh, confidence content as well. But what I want to also say about this is that there are a lot of women that I work with who part of the, the barrier to them seeking help in the first place is this belief that they think that their trauma doesn't matter or their problems aren't as severe as other people. And we each are on our own journey. We each have our own story. And to be honest, the reason that I got so deeply um, into my rock bottom and at the point where I was suicidal and no one knew about it was because I had that voice in my head too saying, who are you to feel depressed, Amy? Who are you to go to therapy? Who are you to do that when you have amazing loving parents and you have this job that should make you happy and you live on the beach at Bondi like oh you know externally everything looked great but that's almost the myth that I try to debunk is like this isn't about what is going on externally this isn't about how you look this isn't about how much money you have you know it's I know some wealthy people who are some of the most depressed people I've ever met. And that has nothing to do with money and has everything to do with their mind and what's going on for them emotionally and the, maybe the trauma they've experienced. And trauma is subjective for every person. So what might be trauma for one person could be what we know as trauma as abuse or rape or death or really severe circumstances growing up. And for someone else, it might be something that is not as huge or maybe uh like obviously negative as that, but it might be really traumatic for that person and it might be really emotionally disturbing them. So even though some people have those comments, even though some people have those opinions, I just stay in my lane and I know that I have people to help. And if I send my focus to the person who writes the negative comment or if I spend all of my time worrying about that, I'm taking that time, that precious resource of time and energy and my emotional headspace, and I'm taking that away from the people who I can help. And there are many people that I've worked with who may resonate with me because they have a similar lifestyle or a similar upbringing. And for them, it's really refreshing to see someone like me talking about confidence and talking about the things that they're struggling with and knowing that they can get to the other side of that and transform that. So I think, you know, there will be different people on the internet who resonate for you. You're not going to love everyone's story. You're not going to see yourself in everyone, but I just try and help the people who do resonate with me and put my focus onto helping them rather than the haters. I think that's so good and I think it's so true as well and and it and it reminds me of um Jamila Jamil with her eye way movement because so many pe- there are so many people that will just turn around and be like oh hello look at you like how, who are you to lead a campaign who you know talking about body acceptance and body positivity and and she's got she's got you know Instagram diet adverts banned you know because she hasn't focused on everybody's negative opinion of what she's doing she's got that goal she's got that focus and she's 
worked hard and she's achieved because she hasn't got sidetracked by from the uh, peanut gallery, I guess. Absolutely. And, you know, mental health, eating disorders, most of my clients struggle with one of those too. And they don't discriminate. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you've been brought up. It doesn't matter if you've had an amazing start in life or a severe start in life. These things are challenges that we're dealing with. And instead of focusing on the people who are trying to help, um, sorry, instead of focusing on the issue, sometimes people are just focusing on judging other people. Um, the only exception I would say to this is probably the body positivity movement. So I don't tend to talk a ton about body confidence, even though that's something that I do do with my clients and something that I've really struggled with in the past. But body positivity is actually a movement for marginalized people. And that's what it began as. It began, it began as a movement for people who were in, um, you know, non-conventionally attractive bodies, people with disabilities, black women, um, women of color, um, people that are in marginalized larger bodies. And that was their movement. So I don't talk about something like that, for instance. And if I did, you know, I would, I would cop it probably because that's not my movement to share about. But I share about the things that I've experienced. So, you know, I've had a mental health condition or multiple mental health conditions. I've had a disordered relationship with food. I've had confidence issues. So those are the things that I talk about and I just try and lead from compassion, experience um, and inspiration. It's the best way you can lead, isn't it, really? Yeah. Some of the people listening sit and think, hang on, is this, is this my life? Is this it? And you kind of can't help but remember, you know, the child from before who had all these dreams of being, whether it be a singer or an artist or something like that. What would you say to those people who may not feel like they have the confidence to follow their dreams? You absolutely do. Without even meeting any of you listening, I already know you do because we're born this way. We are born with confidence. You look at young babies, they do not give a shit what anybody thinks, right? If they want to cry, they cry. It might be really inconvenient. It might disturb people. They're like, this is what I need to do right now, right? They just do whatever they want and they know that they're loved. But it's as we go through our life that we take on these stories that we confuse with the truth where we say, I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. That's not possible for me. Even more global paradigms that we adopt, like the world is hard or a lot of, a lot of this comes from scarcity mindset as well. So thinking that there's never enough money or there's never enough men to go around or there's never enough you know, weight to be lost, whatever it is. And all of that is a mindset. All of that is a mindset. So that's an empowering thing for you to know because it's not about how good you are. It's just about changing the mindset, which is all internal and that's all within your power. So I know what it feels like to feel like that. I know what it feels like to think that there's no light at the end of the tunnel but I also know what it's like to light that tunnel up yourself and to go forward. And that's what I really want you to have faith and confidence and belief in is, is trusting that you can do that and trusting that you can use what is a dark moment in your life or a rock bottom as a really solid foundation to rebuild something. And 
for anyone who is in a rock bottom place, what I say to you usually is that is very, very good. And people say, well, why is it very good, Amy? And I say, well, it's much better to be in that place than it is to be sitting, cruising at mediocre, sitting at life's okay, my job's okay, this relationship's all right. Because sometimes we need a rock bottom or we need something to be challenging or we need something to really fall apart to get our attention and to get us motivated, to get us fired up, to get us really thinking about, okay, what's not working and how do I move forward from this? And so for me, I wouldn't have this business. I wouldn't be married to the man of my dreams now. I wouldn't be living in London. I wouldn't have amazing health. I might be sick. I could, you know, I could have an illness by now, the way that I was going with my life. Like I could, I could have been very, very ill by now because Uh, you know, I won't give you the grim details, but I was damaging my body in a lot of ways. So all of this life and these dreams that I've created came from a shift in mindset. It didn't come from um, me changing into a new human being, or it didn't come from me going, okay, well, if I do A, B and C, I'll be good enough. It started with how can I accept who I am and how can I start aligning with the person that I know I am deep down inside. And that's available to anyone. It's available to absolutely anyone. Um, You know, you just have to be courageous and willing to take the step, take the first step to work with a coach, to read that first self-help book, to go on that retreat, to start finding out what are the tools that are available to me to help me and how can I use these experiences right now to empower me so that I know that life happens for me rather than to me. I love that. When did you get married? We got married just over a year ago. Um, and yeah, we've like we've only been together for three years. So it was like a bit of a whirlwind, um, a whirlwind romance. And, um, you know, I never would have been the person that I am and maybe we wouldn't have even been attracted to each other, you know, if I hadn't gone through the things that I went through. So, you know, I really believe that, especially for anyone who's listening, who's maybe like going through a breakup or they're having a challenging time in their love life, which is very much something that I talk and work with people on a lot. Um, You never see it in the moment when you're like in that dark space and for me around my rock bottom it was kind of all around a big breakup for me as well so you at the time you think your world is ending you're like I'm never going to find love I'm going to end up alone life is just not going to work out the way that I want it to but the dots connect in hindsight not looking forward and you have the power to move forward in whatever way that you choose. So you have the power to connect the dots, but it does require some courage, some trust, and you do have to take a lot of responsibility for your healing and for how you want your future to be. I feel like I'm buzzing. It's great. Um, (laughs) I won't keep you for too much longer, but I wonder if you could possibly share with us, say if somebody is um, feeling quite low in their confidence they may have been looking outside themselves for that validation, whether it be through men, whether it be through relationships, friendships, all things like dieting, etc. Um, and they really want to start to build their confidence. What would you say? Is there some things that somebody could do every day to kind of help to build that confidence? Totally. So 
this answer depends on whether you want to dip your toe in or whether you just want to jump right in. So if you want to jump right in, the best thing to do is to obviously come work with me. Um, the academy that I do, the Make Your Magic Academy, you make magic in the academy. That's why it's called that. So that is an amazing process. That's an eight-week process that will radically change your life. People have done the most insane things in eight weeks. I can't even describe to you like things that you would think would take five years. They create in a matter of weeks. It's absolutely amazing. Um, if you are just kind of dipping your toe into this and you just want to get started with a few things in your own space and in your own home, for instance, gratitude is a really amazing tool. You know, you would hear a lot of self-help professionals talking about gratitude. It's for a good reason. It reprograms your brain and it also changes your frequency on a more spiritual metaphysical level. So when we're in gratitude, we cannot also be in fear and anger and comparison and envy, which are lower vibration emotions. So if I speak to manifesting for a moment, whatever is in our world, whatever is showing up in our life right now is a mirror or a reflection of what's going on internally. So if we shift into gratitude regularly, for instance, we write down three things we're grateful for. We start practicing gratitude for money and abundance and the things that we do have in our life, the people that we do have, the opportunities that we have, the health that we have. We start to appreciate things more. And when we move into that appreciation, we're available to receive more things to appreciate. Whereas if we're in a space where we're very closed off, where we feel resentful, where we believe the world is hard, where we believe that it's challenge after challenge after challenge, the universe doesn't want to send us more stuff because it's like she's already overwhelmed. She's not into this, this abundance thing. <laughs> she doesn't want all of these great things, right? And then what happens as well is our mind, the filter in our mind, which is called our reticular activating system, it shows you more of what you already believe. So for instance, if you're shopping for a red car, you notice red cars everywhere, not because there's more, but because you notice them more. So if you constantly notice what is wrong with your life, if you constantly spend your thoughts and your time thinking about everything that you don't want, guess what you see more of in your life, more of what you don't want. So writing down three things you're grateful for every day might seem like a little fluffy task that you're like, I don't have time for that. What difference is that going to make? But it really does make a difference. And it's a great start. It's free. It will take you 30 seconds a day and it will start to reprogram your mind and also your frequency to receive more amazing things in your life. So the reason that relates as well to confidence is that sometimes we do need to see more of what we appreciate in order to feel more confident and to come from a more confident energy in our life. Um, the other thing to do, you know, is to get really curious. So get curious about that voice in your head. Start to make a note of what are the things that it says to you. Does it say negative things to you in certain situations? What triggers that voice to show up? And start to create an awareness around that. Because with the awareness, we get some power because we have to be aware of where we are in order to go somewhere else. So get an awareness of what that voice says, and then you can start to question that voice. And I mean, if you really want to powerfully do this, the academy is where, where it's at for this because 
you know, we get right down into that voice. We also talk about the voice of an inner cheerleader that you might not have heard in a while, but we, we turn the volume up on that. And then there's a third voice, which is the inner observer. And that's that place of curiosity where we just notice the voice. We notice the negative things we say. And from there, we start to move into how can we shift that belief? How can we shift the voice? And how can we challenge the voice? Often the things that we say to ourselves negatively inside are not even our true beliefs. They're things that we've heard other people say to us or we've uh, seen implicitly in the world through, say, you know, marketing around diet culture or um, other things that people have said that we've absorbed and basically taken into our subconscious and we take it on as truth, even though it was just something that a random person said to us when we were five or when we were in high school. So starting to challenge that voice um, and being curious about self-development, being curious about what's possible. That's probably my favorite word when it comes to personal development is like, how can you be curious rather than judging yourself? How can you just be curious about what's not working? So those would be my key tips. They're brilliant tips as well. And I can definitely attest to the three good things. Like I, I did that, um, years and years ago when I was uh, going through my treatment and I had to, it was more specific in terms of my body, but I had to come up with three good things every day. And it started off, it started off and I was in that deep of a place and I was just thinking, there is no way I'm ever going to come up with three things. So I came up with stupid stuff like, I like my ears or I like my uh, wrist or, you know, my eyebrows look okay today. And then with time and with perseverance, I think that's the thing. Perseverance is so key because some people, you know, dipping your toe in it is absolutely fine. Um, and, and especially if it's in an accessible way, but it's, it's about keeping your toe in the water for longer than 30 seconds, isn't it? Definitely. Because if it doesn't work straight away, that inner critic in your mind is going to go, see, I told you so, right? To reinforce its own belief system systems it doesn't want you to succeed it wants to keep you safe it wants to keep you where you are because even though where you are might be really uncomfortable it's familiar so you know you would know that from like your history as well like even though something's really destructive it it still feels more safe than the unknown sometimes the unknown of feeling truly happy and feeling truly confident is really really scary for that inner critic in your head because doesn't know what that space would feel like. It doesn't know what that life would feel like. So that's where as well you see self-sabotage coming in. It's a defense mechanism from that inner critic. Um, But as well, you know, I often share with people, um, a lot of people struggle with self-love. So there's a lot of self-love dialogue that is going around now, which is amazing. But then I also find that a lot of people come to me and they're frustrated because they go, well, I follow all the self-love accounts. I read all the quotes. I'm trying all the things, but I just don't love myself. It feels really fake. And that's because you can't just swing from a place of self-hatred, which is the lowest vibration in terms of like energy to self-love, which is the highest vibration. Like it doesn't work that way. So a really good tool that I share with people is um, it's called an emotional scale. If you look up Abraham Hicks emotional scale, it's a scale of emotions that you can start to try and move up slowly. So for instance, if you're in a place of self-hatred, you might then want to just see like, okay, well, how can I move to a space of just being angry today? 
rather than hating myself? And then how can I move to a space next week of feeling disappointed? Maybe if it was body image we were talking about, you would say, okay, well, I don't hate my body. I'm just disappointed that I don't look like the way I want to look, right? Or I'm just disappointed, which is an improvement from self-hatred. So then you eventually move up to, you know, optimism and positive expectation. And then one day you might be at joy and love and full respect, but it's starting to just slowly shift the needle rather than looking to do all these huge quantum leaps. And that really is, like you said, consistency and perseverance and momentum is what gets you there. It's not making radical overnight transformations or taking one tool or one magic little pill and then your life is great. But at the same time, it doesn't have to take you five years. Like I create these transformations for people in a couple of months because we're in an intensive relationship and an intensive container, but it's every little tiny thing that they do every day that makes that transformation, not one thing or one big radical change. It's a series of small commitments to yourself. That's great. That, yeah. And I, I really like that you've kind of covered that as well. Cause I think quite often we, we live in a, in a society where everything seems to have to happen instantaneously and there's such a pull towards that and you know for obvious reasons of course we want things quicker of course we want things to happen for us sooner or to feel a certain way or look a certain way sooner but you know quite often those um those results don't last but i like what you said about because I think some people that may not know, you know, anything about your courses might be like, oh, well, if it's really quick, might maybe it won't last. But the fact that you've kind of really delved into it and been like, no, actually, I'm giving you all the tools. You know, it isn't a, you've finished the course and you're done. And, you know, it's a constant learning situation, isn't it? Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, there is so much information and content in this course I don't even think I could do it in eight weeks. But the the point of that is that it's filled with so much juicy content that you can return to it because you've got access to those resources for the rest of your life. So many of my academy members and actually a lot of my one-to-one clients do the academy alongside working one-to-one with me, they revert and return to those tools again and again and again. And each time they go through a new chapter in their life, which requires a new amount of courage or a new commitment from themselves, they return to the tools and use it for a different area. So sometimes women enter it because they want to focus on their love life, but then they realize that once they've worked through that, that they, um, they're not living in alignment with their purpose. So then they come back when they want to start business or to figure out what their purpose is. And, you know, Several of the girls have done it, several of the women have done it two or three times now. And the ones that have done it the most times have created the most radical transformations because personal development isn't this quick fix. It's an ongoing thing. There's no destination. And, you you know, you don't have to be doing personal development for the rest of your life if you don't want to, of course. But if you want to, like there are tools that that are available to you at all times and um, that can be applied to different areas of your life 
I've also got loads of free resources on my website. So I can share that link with you. Um, if anyone listening wants to, you know, hit the freebies up, I create lots of different masterclasses and um, trainings for free so that anyone can have access to these kind of initial tools and foundational um, techniques. Yeah. So you took, you took the words right out of my mouth. So, uh, where, where can people find you? What can, we'll put links in the, in the show notes, obviously, but, uh, where can find people find you on uh, social media and things? Yeah. So I'm very active on Instagram. That's kind of where it's all going off. I would look me up on there. Um, so this is Amy Rushworth and, um, also if you head over to my website, amyrushworth.com slash freebies, that's where all the freebies are. Um, and you'll often see me announcing different masterclasses, events, retreats, courses on my Instagram. But if you download the freebies, you'll also be in my email list, which means that you get access to a ton more information than you do on Instagram. So I send out a lot of cool things on there. I announce things that are secret projects to my email list. And I am really passionate about spreading the love with my community because my audience means everything to me that's great all the juicy stuff is over there (laughs) totally um fab well we're gonna put all those in the show notes but i just want to say thank you so much for your time today it's been so great talking to you thank you so much for having me it's been amazing to talk to you and just to share this message and i hope it really helped anyone who was listening yeah definitely if it resonates with you make sure that you get in touch with us on instagram and go and follow amy as well but yeah we will see you next time all right thank you bye-bye bye